Hey guys, welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. We're here uh, just hours after the Liverpool via Real match to get some Champions League reaction to the, the thriller yesterday between City and Real Madrid. And then not as much of a thriller today with Liverpool and via Real, but still entertaining, still a close enough match for most of the match. So we'll break those two matches down. But before we get there, we're going to talk about our studs and duds in a regular format like we usually do if you guys have been with us before. So before we get into that, though, Guys, how you doing? I mean, Scotty, you must be feeling pretty good. Liverpool won to nothing, so you're heading into the you know Spain next week with a pretty comfortable lead. Yeah, I think we'll probably get into that more in the second part of the the show. But you know, Liverpool are still sitting pretty, and then their chase for this quadruple. Uh, you know, they're one step closer to the getting into the final of Champions League, keeping pace with City this weekend. Um, still just one point behind them for the Premier League title. So. Things still looking good on the Liverpool front. Not so hot on the, uh, the the gambling front. So, as we said last week, usually those things kind of go in different directions. So, as Liverpool plays well, my bets do poorly. So, keep For that sure. in mind. Coach, I believe you went 2-1, though, right? You you led the team. Uh, I did. I Scotty and I um, had a rough week. Yeah, Fiorentina killed me in the money line, which I know you're going to talk about oh, them I'll shortly. I'll get into that. Don't yeah, I know worry. you're going to get into them. And you have some – you could pile on after today. But, believe um, me. yeah, I, I actually went with that – prop bet which i've never done before which is roma to score the last goal in the inter roma match I, I i said going in you know it would be tough for roma to win but they've been scoring a lot of late goals and lo and behold henrik mkhitaryan a player who i highlighted in the last episode scored a goal in like i think it was like the 85th minute or so somewhere around there so that one hit and uh the over hit in uh, i believe it was the sassuolo juve match yeah so yep. yes, sir. Two, two wins so i'll take it uh i wish my Serie A real ones treated me better today what a mess today on, on the bench slip i thought so, some midweek matches would be a little bit of fun they were not fun at all for me so i will agree i think that city has been tremendously difficult to handicap this year we've certainly tried our best week after week um but it it's been a disaster we'll get into it um and, and you know same thing for me so the, the one thing I'll, I'll hang our hats on is we we previewed the roma inter matchup we nailed it right we hit our bets from that game i think we basically laid out how the game was going to go and it, it did. Um, so I, I'm proud of that, but man, it, it's been, you know, there's no consistency from week to week when you look at these teams and it's just shown itself again over this past weekend and midweek today, there was a couple of games that were just bananas. Yeah. And I think that's why Milan's in the driver's seat for the title right now. Not a great team either. You know, I don't think any team from this year is nobody wants one. Would have won the league in the last decade up against no those Juve teams or last year's Inter, but it's just the I'll layout lay of the land this year. I, I, when we've talked about it before, and I don't know that it's exactly apples to apples, but there's not one team in the top four that would make Champions League in England right now. Not one. Yeah, with the inconsistency, uh, it, it'd be hard for any of them to definitely finish higher than fourth. Definitely not higher than fourth. But even there, you know, do you put this Inter or this Milan? up against Tottenham or Arsenal? I don't know. The because they've is, had the revolving door there too, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, Nick, you say that, but there, there's a whole lot of teams competing for that fourth spot that also don't want the fourth spot. Yeah, nobody so wants it. <laughs> it. It would just be expanding that list from like three teams to like seven. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. So here, wait, let, before we go on to studs and duds, let me reverse the question. Would you take Arsenal or Tottenham or Man U, those three teams that are in the mix for fourth, is one of those teams a champion in Italy this year? No. 
No. I mean, the, the problem is Arsenal don't have the depth, right? Arsenal's in this because their starting 11 is very strong, but they don't have any depth beyond that. So we're seeing it now a little bit with, with Thomas Partey getting hurt and their midfield is now suffering a little bit. Although El Neni did have a good game um, last weekend, although I, I don't know that that's going to continue. Uh, Tottenham, they seem to be hot and cold. I mean, definitely three weeks ago, we were talking about, I think had a very slow start, right? Yeah. That also contributed. I mean, Tottenham three weeks ago, they were talking about Kane, Son, and, um, uh, being like the best attacking three in in the premier league outside of maybe Liverpool's attacking three. And I think they've scored one goal the last three games. That's calm down. They haven't had a shot on goal in two weeks. (laughs) So I I wouldn't say that there's either of those teams have what it takes to win a title, right? You have to be pretty consistent to get, to, to, to a title Fair enough. Uh, even even in this list now i know milan and inter and yeah napoli are dropping games left and right but i think that's more speaks to the parody of what we're seeing in Serie A, which doesn't exist in the other leagues you know it's not yeah. really a top okay. heavy fair enough i just thought it was worth a worth a quick discussion. trying to give the Serie A some build them up because i do like to make fun of them sometimes so i'm going to build them up here it's just parody that's all <laughs> well scott i i mean you're stud Shouldn't surprise us once you announce it after last weekend, right? Yeah, I think we need to call attention to the fact that this is our first episode we've done where Everton are officially in the relegation zone. So Love they it. came into the weekend in 18th place in the relegation zone, uh, traveling to Anfield to, to play in the Merseyside Derby. It was a game that we all knew going into it was going to be a, a de- well, okay, maybe not Nick because Nick did miss out on his first half. Uh, Liverpool, or was it first half over first half, for Liverpool? It was first half uh, Liverpool money line first half. Yeah, so Merseyside derbies, aside from the one this beginning of this year, have typically been like 1-0-0-0 type uh, games just because, you know, Everton come in and just try to refuse to play. Um, and that was exactly what they did uh, this weekend. They came in, they were determined to not play at all. I think Liverpool ended up having like 85% possession, but couldn't get anything on goal um, really in the first half, just let Everton dictate the style of play, which is not what you should be doing when you're at home and in a title race. Uh, but on comes my stud of the week, Divac Origi moving to Milan at the end of the season. I think he's going to score 20, probably I think he's going to score 20 plus goals for Milan. I, I, oh, making a bold, pre, bold prediction here. Now is that it, league goals or all comps? League goals. I'll say I, no, no way. Yeah. No chance. Look what Tammy Abraham's doing. Divac Origi is just as good, if not better, than Tammy Abraham. I fully Ooh, believe. All right, that. all right. I fully so, believe that. So keep how, old, next how old is he though? I feel like he's been around forever. Twenty-five, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe that's yeah. just because he's been. At Liverpool grabbed him when he was twenty-two. He's been around Liverpool for three okay. or four years. He's not that old at all. Um, so Divac Origi comes in right away, opens up play a little bit. He makes a. He has some good movement with Salah. I think he's. He assisted Salah's assist, so he made a nice run through the center of the box. Salah comes in, gets a nice crossover to Robertson, gets the opening goal. Uh, and about maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes later, uh, Luis Diaz has a really nice overhead kick attempt. Uh, kicks into the ground, bounces up, and Rigi's there to put the header in. Uh, gets, you know, that ends up being the goal that seals the tie, gets Liverpool to three points, sends Everton even further into the, the relegation zone. So he gets my stud of the week just for clinching the Merseyside Derby yet again for, for Liverpool. I think he's got six goals against Everton um, in the five or six games that he's played against them as a Liverpool player. So easy stud of the week for me. Yeah, uh, she started so they could have gotten in the first half, but deserved. He, when he starts in Milan, I guarantee you he's going to tear it up. I guess that was his parting gift for Everton, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Send the toffees out here. I have six goals in five matches against you. Now I'm heading to Serie A. And for the Liverpool fans out there, I'll, I'll mention this. It's deserved because – 
Origi was on this huge, you know, incline uh, during, I think it was like maybe his second season at Liverpool was probably going to be one of starting spot. And then in the Merseyside Derby, uh, Funes Murray comes in and steps on his ankle, breaks his ankle, uh, basically set him back several months. And then that kind of became why he just became a bench player for Liverpool. So well-deserved for, for Everton, uh, all these goals that he's, he's been scoring against them. Um, my dud of the week, a little bit different. I'm just going with Premier League PKs. Uh, there are four PKs awarded this, this weekend. Two of them were scored. Um, I think it was Saka uh, scored one, and I think there was another one scored in maybe the Burnley match. Um, I'm not 100% sure. But the two that were missed were it missed incredibly bad, and they were very important. So the first one happened Saturday morning. Uh, Manchester United playing Arsenal in probably the game of the week uh, in, in the Premier League. Uh, both teams desperately needing a win. Arsenal start off really hot, 2-0 in the first half. Manchester United start to take over in the second half, get one back, and then they win a PK uh, around like the 65th, 70th minute. Uh, up steps Bruno Fernandes, of all people, who Ronaldo would have been the guy to take this. Uh, and he has what I can only describe as a Zaza-style run-up uh, with the choppy steps and Accurate. immediately just rolls the ball right wide uh, of the post. Uh, completely changed the game because all of a sudden after that, Arsenal starts to pick back up the momentum. They go on to get a third, go on to win the match. So I think that's a huge game for United. Pretty much puts them on the, the brink of being eliminated from Champions League and, and maybe even like Europa League at this point, to be honest with you. Um, so that's the first miss. Second miss came a little bit later. Uh, Chelsea trying to just keep pace. Uh, struggling to break down a West Ham team that was you know, pretty determined to get a result because, again, they need to get in a Champions League as well. Uh, PK is awarded in maybe like the 85th minute, 86th yeah. minute, and up steps your boys, Jorginho, penalty kick specialist. I think we could stop calling him that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think that ended uh, about Fucking Euro bum. 2020 final. One of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Like It was as if he was trying to chip the keeper, but – instead of chipping it was just going to roll it down the center and hope he dove either way and just didn't dive. Just a simple roll could have just been a simple pass to the keeper. Um, luckily for him, uh, Captain America, Christian Pulisic bailed him out uh, with an extra time winner. So got Chelsea all three points. No, no conversation in the media about Jorginho's horrible PK, but to me, dud of the week, which is some of the two of the worst PKs that I've seen in really big moments by two of the Awful. bigger teams in, in England. And you know what? Bruno Fernandes killed me when Ronaldo didn't step up to the spot. That, you know, I bet <laughs> Man U next goal, they, they, it just felt like it was coming, right? You guys were oh, it him. Was. And oh, yeah. it was. And then oh, you're yeah. like, oh, here's the Ronaldo PK bailout special. And then upset Bruno and absolutely bottled it. I mean, and then, I don't know, you, you texted in the group, you know, my, my infant son, less than three months old, could have kicked the ball harder than Jorginho there. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so he's definitely out of the week. I agree. Um, so for my stud, I'm going to go across the pond. I'm going to bring us back home. USA, I'm going with the Major League Soccer overs. Overs are back. You guys know that we love overs on the podcast. And the books haven't caught on yet. So nine out of the 14 matches in MLS this past, uh, this past week had three-plus goals. Overs went four for four on Sunday. Um, and, and what I'm noticing is, you know, later on in the year, this is, you know, I, I think there's more goals scored in the MLS, right? It's just kind of been a thing for the past few years. Later on in the season, the books will adjust. The line is usually three and a half goals instead of two and a half. Yeah. We're not there yet. So 
hammer those MLS overs while you still can. Um, and, and the caveat I'll say is the exception seems to be some of the newer teams like Charlotte, Nashville, um, you know, but this is uh, definitely a strong play until the books adjust. Easy overs in the MLS, be on the lookout. So MLS new leads, basically. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and then my dead of the week, <laughs> Coach Steve, uh, he, he started to talk about it. They're going to get the double dead of the week because they had a midweek game. That's Fiorentina. It was an absolute trash performance last weekend. Um, they lost to last place Salernitana. They no longer like, last place now, thanks. No longer <laughs> last place after that loss, right? So here's the thing, right? People are talking about their coach, Vincenzo Italiano, like he's the second coming. He's ready for a new job. Look at what he's doing with Fiorentina. Well, he lost to the last place team. So not only did basically all of us lose uh, minus 150 on the money line, but he blew my corners pick, my lock of the week. They had four corners before 60 minutes. They needed, I think, one more to hit over four and a half. Um, they had a shot to get into European places, right? Roma had already lost. Um, all the teams in front of them played like shit, took a huge hit, lost the game. Like, no excuse for it. And then to double that up, they lost today to Udinese 4 nothing. a game where they had probably 20 shots Chance after chance after chance. The goalie was making saves. Guys were missing. I think they literally had over 10 corners today. Of course, you know, yeah. one week. Yeah. Right. The trend right. of our, our corner po- our, our corner picks. 14 duds. We're one week Continues. There you go. 14 corners. 14, 14 corners. 73% possession. But get this, though. Interesting stat as I pulled up because 18 shots, 7 on target. Udinese with only 27% possession had 17 shots, 8 on target. And scored and buried, 4 goals. Buried 4 goals. So I, like, I just don't understand. Do I don't understand how that can possibly happen, that you could dominate a team in every single category, dominating them from watching the game, just definitely deserve to score goals, and somehow you lose 4 nothing. So they are my double dead of the week. And they were only to be bailed out by Atalanta not winning, so they still sit in seventh place in the last European spot. Insane. And they, they yeah. have a shot to get one, but they don't deserve it after these yeah. last two weeks. All right, so my stud, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Arsenal. The team I felt like probably would not finish fourth in the Premier League, they just a couple weeks ago were absolute duds, and now the, the Gunners control their own destiny for the last EPL Champions League spot. We talked about it being a revolving door right now. They're the team that could maybe get through that revolving door into the last spot. They came up with a huge 3-1 win at the Emirates against United, which was mentioned in uh, Scott's PK dud section. Uh, it looked like United would surely have leveled the match. And, uh, you know, after being down 2 nothing, Arsenal held down by skin of their teeth. And it was a Granite Jaka screamer that just put the match away. It was a lovely goal for a guy who had not scored all season. One good game that he gets every 15 yeah. games. That's about the, about the pattern. So you got yeah. him on, on his good week. Be on so, the lookout for him in MLS soon. It's coming. <laughs> Tip the cap to, to Arsenal. I'll, I'll give him credit where it's due. Originally, my dud was going to be the other top four challengers not named Arsenal. But I have to completely change it after today's result. Inter Milan. Out of the week. Match in hand on Milan, two points behind, playing Bologna today, who's a a mid-table Serie A team, if you're not that familiar with them. I don't even think they're a mid-table. Team that doesn't score very much. uh, Currently 13th, if you want to call that mid-table. Okay, fair enough. So, team that doesn't score very much. Should have been a lock, right? Even though it's on the road, you know they're motivated. They win. They then control their own destiny the last four match weeks. 
Well, not only did they go up one nothing, they then blew that lead, lost two one, giving up I think it was an eighty third minute goal to Nicolas Sansone after Mirko Arnautovic, who Nick and Scott have railed on all season, has yeah. been on a hot streak and and maybe has dethroned the champs with that goal. And so, so you guys, how many done. how many goals does Arnautovic have now in the league? Because you I'll guys tell are giving, you what, when I was talking shit about, him, about he had probably two or three, and now he's yeah. got to be in double digits or yeah. real close to it. And you're going to give me crap about my Origi getting 20 goals in the league. Come on. Oh, fair enough. All right. That's a, that's a solid point. <laughs> but no, he's been absolutely on fire since I trashed him. And I, I don't uh, know. If this is updated on Google, it's 30 matches, 13 goals now. There you go. Climbing the yeah. charts. Climbing the charts. Got to be like At top least six. 10 Arnautovic might even I get 20 him. goals this season. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. He might be the stud of the season. He <laughs> could be. Second half. Second half stud. So those are our studs and duds, but the real stud of the week had to be that match yesterday at the uh, Etihad Arena. Man City hosting Real Madrid. It was a 4-3 thriller. You know, City took the quick 2-0 lead, right? I mean, they were up within moments. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I think it was two minutes in officially was the time on that. Gabriel Jesus, 11 minutes in. It felt like City was going to cruise to victory, no doubt about it, at home, right? Wrong. Kareem Benzema, who's been money in the Champions League this season, got one in the 33rd minute. All of a sudden, the game started to turn a little bit. One of Nick's favorite players, Phil Foden, in the 53rd. 3-1. All right. City should be good again. Two minutes later, Vinicius Jr. Just out of nowhere. Like a FIFA video game goal. FIFA video game goal. Great way to describe it. Gets it to 3-2. And then it's Silva, uh, uh, Bernardo Silva for sitting in the 74th, and then Benzema again in the 82nd. He just kept Real Madrid in now, this tie. You gave Silva credit for that goal, but really that was Courtois being on the take and just not even trying to save a shot that was getting out of the way, not even trying to save it, just no got doubt. out of the way of a and shot you know, that was credit three feet to, was right. To, to Silva for playing on because everybody else stops, right? There was a foul on the edge of the area. Everybody else stops assuming the whistle is going to be blown. The referee does the right thing and, and plays the play on, and it was a pretty decent shot, but yeah, Courtois probably should have done better on it. And Definitely. Couldn't have yeah. done worse. Couldn't have done worse. <laughs> done worse. Um, but Benzema continues the hot streak, really. That, I think that's the big story is that Benzema just continues to will this team to not victory yesterday, but a and, moral and, victory. Or to say even a result, but a moral victory, right? 4-3 yeah. at the end. If you told me City before this match scored four goals at home, I would have thought Real Madrid got run off the field. Ties over. You done, would think the tie right? is over. No, no doubt. So, so the two hot takes that I will make from this game is Courtois couldn't have played worse. I agree with Scott on the take. And Real's defense couldn't have played. They cannot play possibly worse on defense yeah. than no. they did this game. Because City didn't even really have to work for these goals. The first and it, two. And they should have scored more, right? They could have had, had at more. least three or four more. And yeah. they could have had three or four more. And mm-hmm. I, I think that comes down to just the formation that they play. And, you know, uh, you guys know I don't like Foden, but um, – I don't think Real can play any worse than they played, and they're still within the goal. They yeah. still somehow put up three. That was, you know, that I, I think I said that, that was Manchester City's like A minus game. Uh, I think, you know, obviously they had Stones playing right back to start. He gets injured. They have to bring in Fernandinho. So they're on uh, like their fourth choice right back. Uh, and then we had that goal shortly thereafter from Vinicius Jr., which, you know, we kind of predicted it on this. Nick and I predicted on this pod last week that he was going to be the one that's going to have to make this Real Madrid, Real Madrid team go. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't get enough out of it, I don't think. I mean, Mike Tyson was a Mike Tyson quote. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. I mean, Real Madrid got punched in the face in the first 10 minutes by Manchester City. That, that 2-0 quick They got you know, punched deficit. in the face for 90. 
And then they just kept <laughs> coming back. Honest. Yeah. They kept coming back. I mean, if you're Manchester city and you put in that level of a performance and you're still only up one goal going away now, I mean, like we said, we put it on a, a poll out on the, on the pod uh, Twitter account, you know, who do you think is, is feeling better about this? And, I think it was 75% of people or maybe even a little bit more said it's got to be Real Madrid because it has to be you right. You took Manchester city best shot and you're still here. I mean, uh, to, to, to give up th- four goals, lose four, three. And to say you feel better about it just speaks volumes to how they were, how resilient they were. Yeah. And I think, so, I think, you know, we're talking about how bad Real Madrid's defense was. I think a, a function of that was just that there was no protection from the midfield. Right. So we know that De Bruyne has got, oodles and oodles of creativity and he doesn't really need a whole lot of space to create chances and that was just being exposed left and right here have space but anyway I, I, you've got to think that Ancelotti is going to do something a little bit different in the second leg to potentially you know close those gaps up I mean you got to bring on Casemiro or, or somebody be. in that yeah. vein to Cruz help kind of protect oh, horrible like the fact that he played 90 minutes is bananas right like yeah. they're subbing people on left and right I think they used did they use all five of their subs I think they maybe at least used at least four they used four and, Cruz stayed on is I, I don't understand that. So maybe that was just Angelotti saying like, all right, like you're getting your 90 in and then, you know, we'll, we'll use you sparingly over the next week, but yeah, it's been real. Uh, I don't know. I, I think something has to change. I did like, I think Real Madrid's attack was set up, right. I think Rodrigo was doing pretty well. He, he tried to play too many passes sometimes, but he, he no did take the opportunities. He had a few shots that just happened to be right at Ederson. Um, obviously Benzema had the most, classic Benzema goal to open the scoring for Real Madrid. And then had, you know, we talked about my dud of the week was PKs in the premier league. I mean, his PK was perfect. I think that's when he took that PK, I think that's exactly what Jorginho envisions all of his PKs are going to look like before he (laughs) takes them. So credit to to Benzema there. I mean, really keeps Real Madrid in the tie for, you know, taking whatever chances that they were given. Um, We all, whereas Manchester city going to be, you know, kind of upset that they didn't get, you know, at least one or two more. So, so here's the question, right? We, you said it was their A minus game, coach. What do you, if you're City, what are you doing? Are you changing what you did this leg? Or are you making adjustments? Um, I, I don't know if they can necessarily change the way they play, right? It's kind of in their DNA to to play the tiki taka, you know, and then control possession, which they did sixty forty, right? And then can you be upset with scoring four goals? I don't think you'd be, you can be upset with yourself for scoring four goals. Maybe you could have had another couple like Scotty said, but I mean, you have to defend better, right? Maybe, you know, I, and I was actually listening to Sirius this morning. I listened to the, the football show some mornings and it was Ray Hudson and Charlie Sultano. And they said, <laughs> you know, as much as they're linked with like uh, Holland and these kind of players and Canes of the world, how, how important would like a Declan Rice be to that team, right? They, they don't, they lack that kind of defensive mid who can, Shut the Real Madrid counterattack. Depends down, how you rate right? Declan Rice. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think Rodri <laughs> is better than Declan Rice as a defensive mid. I would put Rodri over Declan Rice 100%. And I think Rodri did well this game. Yeah, he had a the, great game. The had problem with, game. with and the good news for Manchester City is they don't have to do anything different because help is on the way, right? They were playing without their two best fullbacks. Uh, Cancelo was unavailable. I think he was suspended from the Atletico game when they had the little the clash in the tunnel afterwards. So they had to take their backup right back. Um, who is Zinchenko, put him at left back. Yeah. Um, Kyle Walker is out. He may be healthy uh, for the for the next match, but yeah, either they have way. To start John Stones as a right back, right? Yeah, I think either way, if you have Cancelo back to play left back, it means you can put Zinchenko at right back, which is his more natural position. And, and at least you have a, a natural wing back to, to cover, you know, uh, Vincius Jr. And, and Rodrigo. 
So I think that will help out. You're going to be less exposed on the wings. It's going to force Madrid to play more through the middle. So I think the emphasis will now be more so on like, again, Modric trying to create something with Benzema and, and hopefully getting some, some penetration through the center of the, of the uh, city's defense. But, you know, it, it will be interesting if Walker's back, that's even better because Walker's pace is a thing that can neutralize Vinicius Jr. Mm. That, that goal that he scored was like a dummy. And then he just outran everybody on Manchester yeah. City. He's not going to do that to Walker. Assuming Walker, it almost looked like you know I, I talked a lot about how bad Real Madrid's defense was, but I, City's the you know forget about the fact that he he made a great dummy and got into the box. That's you know nobody was stopping that. But once he got into the box, it almost felt like everybody was scared to go near him. Yeah. Like there's no way he should get that shot off and score that goal. Yeah, they were they were 100 expecting the pullback to Benzema, and you know he just took advantage of that and just put a, put a nice shot into the the far side of the net. And I think you guys were talking about getting punched in the mouth, right? Real Madrid just kept getting punched, right? They, they, and they took those shots. But I don't think what City's used to is getting, you know, that, that counter punch back at them. After being up 2 nothing. Sure. usually teams are demoralized in that situation, over. right? In, yeah. in the Premier League, who's coming back from 2 nothing down against City? Probably nobody. Maybe Liverpool yeah. has Liverpool's a shot, right? Liverpool's probably the only right one. Yeah. Match. The only one. Yep. So, and Madrid's playing in a, a La Liga season that most of the other teams in the league aren't that great, right? So they haven't probably been challenged that much. I think they're 11 points up in that league. Yep. Weakest Barcelona of our lifetime, probably. So credit to them because they're kind of in that Bayern Munich stage right now where they're dominating their league and the rest of the competition isn't that great right now. So for them to be able to not reel when they get hit by a team like City with their <laughs> caliber roster it's a pretty great down year for them right pretty great down year yeah even them right they're not you look at them and they started the league pretty poorly now they're up by 11 and they're in the semifinals and they and they made the i'm sorry to cut you off coach they made the ancelotti switch during the season or was it before the season it was before the season it was right before the season yeah because he left everton and that's why Everton had to bring in Rafa Benitez. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, well, it, you know, he's contributing to the downfall of Everton right there for you, Scott. There you so, go. Yeah, I it. mean, people people wanted to blame <laughs> Rafa for Everton's downfall, but Lampard has done no better than the time yeah. he's had. So, yeah. yeah well. So, what do you – let's – before we move on to Liverpool via Real, how do you see the next leg playing out? Do you think City goes to the Bernabeu and, you know, takes care of business? Or do you think it gets nervy, maybe goes to extra time? Do you think – or do you think Real Madrid can do what they did to Chelsea and find a way to, to, to nick it out? I think, I think extra time is probably a, a decent chance, right? Like I don't think Real Madrid are going to come in and blow out Manchester city by two or more goals. And I don't think that's happening, but I'd also don't expect city to, you know, get the result that they need to move on. I, I fully expect Real Madrid to move on to the final at this point. That might be, you know, shooting myself in the foot there and, and basically guaranteeing city peers in the final. But <laughs> uh, if you told me that all Real Madrid needs to do is, win a home game against Manchester city to get to the champions league final. I would expect them to be able to do that, especially with the veterans they have on this team. So I'll agree. I'll say the one thing, the few things we've learned this champions league season, you can't count real out at any point in time. They've made the adjustments, whether it's from leg to leg or in game that they've needed to make to get the results. Um, Benzema is on the run of form of his life. And, you know, he's the X factor right now in the entire match. And as we said, I, I don't think their defense can play any worse. That's not to say that City can't come and dominate a game, you know, one game. Of course they can. You know, they can go out to a quick lead and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're talking about scoring three goals without giving anything up. That'll be difficult to do. But I, I think that Real has nowhere to go but up, and we'll probably see that play out at least early on in the second leg. 
Yeah, I, I think Real needs to come out and try to get the first goal, right? You, you can't afford to get hit in the mouth ten, twice, 10 minutes in again. If that <laughs> happens, I think it's over. Um, I think if City scores first, Real's in for a, a really tough time coming back. But at the same time, if Real can get that first goal, I think they really do have a leg up at home with the 80,000 people behind them or whatever it is. That and, and that's one thing. Right? That, that's a great point. I, I think the crowd was so into it for City. I mean, they – you know, scoring right off the bat, that a lot of that is home field advantage. And, you know, Real have to make that work for them in this fixture. I agree. And then just a couple of quick updates on the lines. Vegas still believes in, in city advancing. I mean, to qualify their minus 500 Real Madrid sure. plus 340, right. And just head to head in this matchup. Um, the, the money line, I just had, it. I lost it where to go. Here it is. Plus 245 Real Madrid plus 101 for city. Uh, plus two eighty on the draw. So I, I mean that that tells me if, if you know if you're giving me the same odds that you gave me on this last leg, where like Real's getting a goal and a half, I'm taking that all day. Oh yeah, um, maybe even Real half a goal, something like that. I, I think they win this leg if they ultimately advance. I don't know, but it's going to be close and and give me the goals. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you if you if you get like a goal and a half Real Madrid's way, why not? Right. Yep. Cash for me this last leg. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the, the second match today. Uh, Liverpool, 2-0 victory over Villarreal at Anfield. A similar situation where the home team controlled possession, but in this, in this situation, they were not hit back at all. Um, <laughs> 67% possession for Liverpool in the 2-0 victory. Held Villarreal to one shot off target, none on target. You know, Scotty, what do you make of your, the way your team played today? Yeah, I think that's about what we expected going into it. We knew that Villarreal was going to sit back, try and limit the damage as much as possible, maybe you know sneak one in on a counter if the opportunity presents itself. But uh, unfortunately, I think they were a little hampered by injuries. Um, we talked about Gerard Moreno missing being a huge loss for them. I think that proves true. Um, about Alberto Moreno not being there as their left back, and they had to bring in their backup left back, who unfortunately gave up an own goal. It was you know deflection that... Yeah. unlucky like 100% like but deserved yeah that like I'm sorry just to, to, yeah, to yeah. rant really quickly I don't like the change of the like I feel like there's so many more own goals that aren't yeah. really own no. goals. Like, give that to the forward and let's yeah. go I mean it was a cross that he put a block in and then the block just happened to go back into the the, the top of the net right. so it's you know not much he can do about that but that was what opened everything up, right? You know, Villarreal was sitting back again, happy to just, you know, hopefully escape with a one goal lead. And then they give up that unlucky deflection. And then the next thing you know, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane are running at them full speed. And Salah gets a nice ball through to Mane, who puts it away. And Mane has been on fire this, you know, second half of the season, probably more so than Marco and Artovic. So, and uh, got to give him credit. And now no Liverpool have the two goals that they really need. Um, I think they 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 pushed they pushed for a third for a little bit there, but they definitely took their foot off the gas pedal, probably around like the 75th minute, and we're just trying to control the game. Villarreal really just did not have any sort of you know prolonged attack that really threatened uh, Liverpool's defense at all. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the second leg because they're going to have to change their shape in some way. They're not going to be able to just sit back and let Liverpool control 70% possession again. Um, so I'll be interesting to see what they do in the second leg, but, you know, Liverpool came in with a result that they needed, which was two goals, um, you know, at home, uh, to, to take into the second leg. And that's what they got. I think they would have liked three. That would have been probably a little bit more comfortable, but two should be enough as long as they, you know, keep their, keep their wits about them in the second leg. 
Definitely. So we, you know, we, we said running up to this game, look, Villarreal, they're here for a reason. They're a tough team to play against. Um, but I, this, this game almost felt to me like, okay, the magic has run its course. Yeah. Um, you know, they went in with the game plan that they thought they needed to implement. They implemented it perfectly for a half. Um, and then they almost, it almost looked like they were surprised that they didn't have any creativity or ideas from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, pool is tough to play against, but they're certainly not, you know, they're not, the team isn't going to win defense of the year. Um, and, and I don't know, VRL just looked like they, they had nothing going for them and they were surprised by it. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, they know that their setup is going to be defense first and then take the opportunities when we have them. It was just that once they finally had that like small amount of possession, you're right, Nick, they didn't really, they were almost surprised by it. They're like, okay, we have the ball that like now what, like who's, who, who's the outlet. And they just right. couldn't figure out who it was. Like, I think Danjuma had a pretty poor game, you know, by his standards, he didn't really yeah. step up. Like he really needed to in order for Villarreal to have a chance on the attack, but it, it was, it was just like, everything was kind of moving, you know, in slow motion for them, whereas Liverpool are running around, you know, trying to get the ball back as soon as they lose possession. Once they have the ball, it's, you know, three quick passes. Yep. And all of a sudden you have a runner that, you know, you can try to pass a through ball in or get a ball in over the top. Yeah. And, and we talked about it, right. This, uh, this bend, but don't break style of play. It was going to catch up to them eventually. I mean, they held what well, Juventus to one goal over two legs yeah. or maybe two, they held Bayern to one goal over two legs, almost unthinkable. Um, Pool was bound to, to break this down and, and their tenacity and their consistency just works. And, yeah. And I, you know, I think at the end of the day, quality plays out. I think the, the, what speaks to that to the most was at halftime when it was zero, zero. And, you know, typically that can sometimes lead to like a, a tense feeling for the fans that are like the home fans that are rooting for those goals to, to give your, their team the advantage for the second leg. I wasn't, I didn't really sense any nervousness, you know, amongst what I could see on Twitter. I didn't feel nervous. You know, it, it was, there were so many chances that the were being created and yeah. it, and there wasn't, I wouldn't even say there was like just bad finishing by Liverpool. Like there were decent chances and chances that they've converted in the past, but you know, nothing that I would expect to be, you know, a, a guaranteed goal. And you just knew that those chances were going to continue to come and all it would take is just like the right touch. And it, it is unfortunate. The opening goal was, you know, that weird deflection, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is, but it was because Liverpool were constantly playing through uh, Villarreal's back line that they had runners in behind Henderson was doing, I think Henderson had a really good game. You know, he really stretched the width uh, of that Villarreal shape, um, which gave the space for Mane and, and Diaz and to an extent solid to get in behind. Um, so Henderson got in behind, you know, just made that play into the box and just took the right, the right deflection for Liverpool. Um, so that, the question, the question becomes, who got this result, the result they were hoping for the result they needed. Can Villarreal do anything in the second leg to respond? Uh, do they have a chance? I, I don't think they have three goals in them, right? I mean, I, not I think without giving one up. And I'll say this from someone who doesn't watch much of either team, right? I didn't get to watch the match today, but just knowing the quality of these teams, I think Liverpool needs to go for it. Just get that third goal and just completely kill the morale and just end it and, and cruise into the final. I completely agree. I, you know, they, having three goals in them by themselves is tough enough. Not giving up a goal to Liverpool. I guess well, Liverpool's not like a, a '90s, 2000s Italian side that's going to come in with a two nothing lead and defend, 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 right? They're going to go for a goal. Klopp's not going to just sit back. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd say the only hope they have is to try to utilize any sort. Was it where was this game? I'm sorry, I don't even. Know. This is at Anfield. Yeah, okay, right. So utilize any of that home field advantage. 
come out, score quickly. Maybe, you know, you start to believe a little bit from a player standpoint, but I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Emery shapes the team for the second leg because, you know, you're not going to be able to do the same sort of defensive shape that they've had. Um, I think they're probably going to have to play Paco Alcacer off the, off the jump. Um, Chukwuezi did not have a great game either, so you need to do something that's a little bit different and a little bit more forward-thinking. Um, I think maybe playing Celso in a more of a you know true number 10 position as opposed to playing like this sort of wing midfield where he was positioned yeah. for most of the game. I think that's going to have to be something that changes. And that could be, you know, what creates enough space for Liverpool to grab that easy, you know, third goal in the fixture or in the tie. Um, but, you know, if they do just say like, all right, we're going to sit back and like, let's see if Liverpool fall into a trap of ours, then it'll be interesting to see what Liverpool does. Because as we saw in the last 15, 20 minutes of this match, they're more than content with just kind of passing the ball around and probing. And, you know, if there's nothing there, they're not going to force it and, and be happy with the, you know, 75% possession. Definitely take, take a half chance versus um, trying to make something happen and making right. a mistake. Yeah. Like yeah, Villarreal know. has to go for it. I mean, they're going to leave gaps. Liverpool will find those gaps if, if they open up. So I think it's a no doubter at this point. I think Liverpool probably wins the second leg as well, or at minimum draws. Yep. yep. Agree. All right. So since we didn't cover the, the usual Serie A, uh, EPL, you know, previews for the weekend, since we were focused on the champions league, we're going to give you a couple um, games to keep an eye on a couple of lines. We like a couple of things that we found interesting before we move on to our picks for the week. Yeah, I think the first thing I'm looking at here, guys, is this Everton-Chelsea matchup. Uh, over two and a half is pretty close to even money. It's minus 105. I think uh, Everton's struggles have been well documented by us this episode and all year. Um, but, you know, look, they're, at some point they're going to need to make a move and try to get points out of games. Um, Chelsea hasn't been great defensively, um, but, you know, Chelsea's been – scoring more goals than not as of late. So I think this is a game where Everton's going to be kind of wide open. Chelsea could hit this by themselves, but 2-1 seems pretty likely from, from where I'm sitting. Yeah, you know, it's good because I hate it. So that's a good sign. I've been on the world's coldest cold streak. And the way that Chelsea played against West Ham, they were just desperate for a goal and couldn't get anything. I mean, Everton have been who bad. Who is the but- remedy for that? You would say that, but the way that Everton shaped up against Liverpool, Liverpool weren't getting through, right? So if if that's what Frank Lampard needed to like have his light bulb moment and say like, hey, let's just play like junk ball, sit behind, you know, eight guys behind the ball and, and in the box and just try and play for zero zero draws and maybe Richarlison gets a sneaky goal on the counter, I could see this being a really ugly zero 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 one game again. So I hate it. It's probably going to be a winner because of that, but that's my <laughs> yeah. thinking. Now I like the number minus one Oh five. You, you rarely see that for a Chelsea game for an over. So uh, I would potentially take a shot here. Um, uh, ahead, elsewhere, I can say elsewhere, we've got uh, another uh, top four, hopeful uh, Manchester United taking on Brentford uh, Manchester United money line is minus one thirty five in a game. They have to win. So you got to figure that it's going to be a game where Ronaldo steps up, tries to draw the team forward, tries to get that result. We saw it against Norwich, had a hat trick uh, that basically saved them against a, a subpar team. Wouldn't be surprised to see a similar performance from him. Um, maybe Jaden Sancho actually gets a start, like he seemingly does every third game for whatever reason. Um, I think that's a good value, uh, especially in a, in a game that, again, if Manchester want to play in Europe at all next year, they're going to need to win this one. No doubt. I think the only reason uh, the line is probably this favorable is because it's a short turnaround for United, right? 
Yeah, they play Chelsea tomorrow. Uh, yes, they do. Thursday. There you yeah. go. That, that'll be the reason for it, but I, I still like United at that price. Coach, once I wonder if that affects that. I'm just going to say, I, I wonder if that affects the Chelsea overline too. Maybe they expect Chelsea to be a little fatigued, maybe not come out as hard on Sunday against Everton. Just a, just a thought, but still, they're playing Everton, right? Playing, uh, I imagine. always go with you're playing Everton. Yeah. The goals will come. <laughs> the new leads, right? Um, Napoli hosting Sassuolo in. A, a big match in Serie A in terms of, you know, what, what, where's the real Napoli, right? I think lost in all of the dud talk we had because Fiorentina was so bad and Inter was so bad is the fact oh, yeah. that Napoli, after dropping a, a result late to Roma a couple weeks ago with a, a, a draw, then lost to Empoli after leading 2 nothing, correct? 2-0. Yeah, lost yep. that match 3-2. Um, title hopes two, done two and dusted. Two goals in seven minutes, I think, yeah. right? Um, against mm-hmm. the Sassuolo side that blew a one nothing lead against Juventus. Both teams are scoring this one, minus 175. You know, a bit stiff line at minus 175, but likely to, to hit. But the one thing I would keep an eye on, too, you know me with Sassuolo. I know they're coming off a tough loss to Juve, but with the way Napoli's been playing, I think the draw no bet at plus 400 could, could be worth a shot, especially because you, okay. you're protected from the, the draw, which is a possible result, too. So something I would keep an eye on. Interesting, for sure. The other game I like in Italy, guys, it's uh, Cagliari, Hellas, Verona. I think um, Hellas is, you know, they've been a little bit hot and cold, but I think the quality of that team is there. Cagliari, you know, while they need a win, they're they're in a relegation battle themselves. I just think they're not very good. Hellas is even money uh, on the two-way money line. Draw no bet. I I just think that's a dynamite price for a better team. So uh, I will be taking a stab there. Yeah, the other one to keep an eye on on the Peninsula, too, is, is one that's always a fun time, is Sampdoria Genoa, the Derby della Laterna, both teams from Je- the city of Genoa. Always a fierce one. Uh, Genoa, the actually the oldest club in Italy, is in big-time relegation danger on 25 points, 19th place right now, so they need this match bad. Samp, not in the safest position on 30 points, with Salernitana starting to climb a bit. So I think a draw for them would be the more acceptable result. Genoa needs, the, needs all three points. One thing to keep an eye on: these matches sometimes end up at, uh, you know, end up as draws. I think two or two or three of the last five. Keep an eye on the draw at plus two fifteen. But one way or another, it should be a fun match if you throw something. Definitely, on and, one and that's one another. of those matches too. Where, like shit's going to get out of hand. Somebody will get red carded. I wish I looked that up before I just said it out loud. But to get a red card, probably be around those plus matches. Two oh, I feel like yeah, always have red cards. Yeah, definitely going to take a look at that. All yeah, right. Nothing so says ones, Derby like a red card and a draw. Yeah. Right. So those are the ones we're keeping an eye on. But Scotty, what are your locks? What's your hat trick of picks? Yeah. So I'll kick things off with the money line. Uh, I swear this is not me trying to force the Liverpool win while my bets lose. But I really like Newcastle <laughs> plus one at home versus Liverpool. Uh, low key since January 1st, uh, Newcastle have the second most points in the Premier League behind Liverpool. Um, so they're on a pretty hot streak. Liverpool have had played two really draining games in a row between the Merseyside Derby against Everton and then, uh, you know, pretty backed up in the defense of, of Villarreal. So I don't expect Liverpool to blow Newcastle out in this one. So getting plus one, I think that's a pretty good value. It could be a draw. It could be a, a small win by Liverpool, if that. But Newcastle at home, I really like getting the goal at plus 130 is a, a pretty nice value for me. And I, I do just want to say that kicks and picks team here has been riding the Newcastle train since yeah. January. They were our yeah. lock of the week, a couple of weeks in a row. They've been awesome. We'd love to watch them. And if you're a real believer, the draw no bet is plus 475, which is huge. So again, keep That's that one in, in the tickler file. Uh, my total, I really like over three and a half Manchester city at Leeds. Leeds has been our 
easy over pick for most of the season. It's been a little bit off, but starting to come back. Manchester City, we just saw their out, you know, offensive output midweek. They scored yep. five goals against Watford on the weekend. Uh, they put two goals past Liverpool, both games they played. So they're, you know, ripping right now. Uh, so I like to see them score at least three, if not four against Leeds. Um, you know, they love blowing out bad teams. Leeds a bad team. Uh, that should be an easy one for me. Uh, and my prop of the week, it's a little bit interesting. I'm going with Aston Villa to keep a clean sheet at home versus Norwich. Norwich are the worst offensive team in the Premier League. Uh, I think they've scored just 22 goals so far this season. Um, meanwhile, Aston Villa have kept a clean sheet in their last four matches against teams in the bottom half of the table. So when they're playing bad teams, they're able to set up pretty well, keep the uh, opposing team from scoring. And I think they've actually had a shutout against Norwich, Norwich in five of their last six games. So a lot of things going the right way for Aston Villa. Uh, that's plus 110 to keep a clean sheet. So I'll take that one. I like it. All right. Go ahead, Nick. All right. My money line pick, I am going back to basics, taking Lazio minus 145. They are playing Spezia. I think this is a game that gets Lazio back on track. They had a hard fought yet deserved loss to Milan last week. Uh, definitely had Lazio as like a minus 200 favorite in this game. So taking them at minus 145. You're pulling a coach Steve betting on your team. Yeah, I think they get it done this week. They've been hot and cold. They they follow up a shit performance or a loss with typically like a two or three goal win. Um, I, I'm hoping this one won't be as close, but I, I think they get it done. For my total, I am going back to the game that Scott talked about. Um, over two and a half goals, minus 150, Newcastle, Liverpool. So I agree with him, yet I disagree with him. I see, you know, I think he's right on all the points he made. But I see a 2-1 game here, um, you know, a 2-1 favors Newcastle, right? Um, either way uh, in that scenario. But I, I just think Newcastle's been hot. We got to ride it. Liverpool, everybody's scoring. Doesn't matter if there's their starting yeah. three, if it's people off of the bench. Yep. We talked about Origi. We've talked about Luis Diaz has been phenomenal. Salah's finding the touch again. Uh, Diego Jota <laughs> hasn't yeah, – we, we're going to talk about that guy. Yeah, Balloon to or Mane too. You didn't even yeah, list him. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just think, I think this is a game where there's going to be three goals. I don't know which way. I don't really care which way let's get to three. And then for my prop, I am going with something brand new as well. The old props don't seem to be working for us. I'm done with corner kicks. Uh, I am going with both teams to score second half at plus one ninety five. Udinese against Inter. Ooh. Um, so this to me is, is kind of going to be similar to that Roma game from last week, right? Inter is going to take the lead. They should probably dominate, but Udinese, then I wrote this before they put up four fucking goals today. They have been scoring a lot of goals. So I think that they get a goal. They'd probably get it in the second half. And I'm going to take a chance that Inter will score one late as well. Plus 195, both teams to score second half. It's better hope Inter's better than they were today. Can't be worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm going away from Serie A for a few of my picks this week. I'm going to go actually to the EPL. I, I liked a few things I saw there. First one, I'm going Burnley, money line plus 175 at Watford. Uh, they're coming off a huge win against Wolves to leapfrog Everton in the relegation race. Uh, they've now won three of their last five and are facing a Watford side, certainly to get relegated. So the motivation might not be there for Watford at this point. That's three um, in a row, too. It's not just three of their last five. I think it's three of their last three. In a row. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I expect them to continue the good run of form, too, as they attempt to achieve salvation. I think and then in that five, there's also a draw. So it's results yeah. in four of their last They're five. Hot. So 
plus 175 is a pretty good number for a team that is still desperate for wins, right? They still need them to survive. Um, in and terms Wofford's of trash. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Did, did yeah. Super trash. Yeah. Yeah. They got, got smoked yeah. 5-1 on the weekend. So, yes, yeah. horrible. They've been getting up goals, too. Um, in terms of totals, I'm going to go West Ham versus Arsenal over 2.5 at minus 120. Four of the last five have gone over 2.5 for Arsenal. Uh, Gunners will be hungry for a win and will likely concede at some point. So, they'll need to score two. So, I'm going to I'm gonna hope for a 2-1 win here one way or another. And West Ham's due for a goal or two. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the last game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then my prop, I'm going to go Milan versus Fiorentina. Both teams to score minus 130. Similar to Nick, I had this pick put in there before Fiorentina got shut out for nothing, but they did create plenty in the match. So I think they'll get one. I think they'll find one against Milan and it, it would make the title race interesting if for somehow they could pull a draw to this one. So, well, that's what I was um, going to say. No, yeah. Nobody wants a title. So that, that works in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first meeting was a four, three thriller. I, I think it went to, I think it went Fiorentina's way. If I remember correctly, I didn't write it down. I just wrote that there were seven goals and, uh, four of the last five head to heads have seen both teams score. So I'm going to go with that at minus minus one thirty. decent, de- decent enough line. I think there for sure. Love it. All right. So that wraps up this episode. We appreciate you guys listening. Scotty, let everybody know where they can find us. Cause we're on a lot of platforms these days. Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Uh, we're on Deezer. So pretty much anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, we'll be coming to Google Podcasts soon. As soon as they index us, they're taking a little longer. But uh, anywhere else, feel free to give us a follow, give us a subscribe, a subscribe and a review. Um, everything helps. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. And appreciate of course, the support. Uh, I was just going to say, at KicksPicksPod on Twitter, follow up for all of our updates. Tweet us with your wins, your, your picks for the weekend, whatever you like to uh, put out there. We'd love to see what everybody's thinking for the weekend.